0: I did text a picture of my mom this morning uh, during the first service. One of the children drew a picture of me as I was preaching, and it strangely looked like me. It was texted to me by her mother, so I sent it to my mom, and I said, there you go, happy Mother's Day, a picture of your son this morning. So, happy Mother's Day to everyone. I won't send you a picture of myself. Uh, But this week's sermon is a bit of a follow-up of last week. As Will mentioned, we are in a season of nominating new elders and deacons, and last week I discussed that the church is a community of elders and deacons, and that Jesus ultimately is our perfect shepherd. Uh, Today, I want us to look where we, as God's children, fit inside of this community, where you find yourself this morning being shepherded by Jesus. Inside of the Randall home, we've experienced a lot of changes over the past couple of years. Everyone's experienced a lot of changes over the past couple of years. Uh, but one of our children graduated college and got married. Another graduated high school and is now a junior in college. Uh, the youngest turned 18, and I can say he is ready to take on the world. And sometimes Lisa and I look at each other and think, man, that went fast, When I look at pictures of us from even just a couple of years ago, I think, man, how did I get so old? Who is that guy? When the whole family is together now for a meal or something like that, as we will be today, it's become very clear to me and to everyone else inside of the Randall clan that my role has changed. They don't need me as they once did. They don't laugh at my jokes the way they used to. Things are different. My role is different. But the older I get, I've kind of learned to embrace that, you know what? Things change, but this is home. It's where I belong. It's where I'm loved. So this morning, as you think about the body of Jesus Christ, as you think about the church, as you think about this community of elders and deacons, I hope that you will find yourself in a place of saying, this is my home. This is where I belong. So my question for you this morning is simply this. Do you know your place inside of the church? Do you know where God has you this morning inside of his community? I don't mean by that what you are called to do. That is a sermon for a different day. I mean this morning, what is Jesus, our great shepherd? What has he done in your life and what is he doing in your life? What does he say is true of you today? Again, if this is a community of elders and deacons, Thus, this is a community of service and shepherding, and Jesus is our ultimate shepherd. Our hearts need to know what does he say is true of us. What is he doing in our lives today that reflects him? And my hope for us all, my prayer for us this week is that God will reveal to you, even today, that Jesus is alive, that he is active, and all of our lives are about his inclusion into family of God and what he has done. So from our text today, we're going to follow this theme of a sheep and a shepherd and his provision. Uh, This image of a sheep shepherd, if you've been around church very long, it's seen throughout the Bible. Jesus refers to himself as, quote, the good shepherd. In our reading this morning with Chris, he says it's, he is the good shepherd From this, we know that God's heart has always been to care and to grow his own. So that leads us to this peculiar verse in Zechariah chapter 11. I promise there's good news to this. Hang with me. Uh, This has been one of my favorite verses for many, many years. Uh, Ever since I felt called into pastoral ministry, this verse has been important to me. Let me briefly put this into context, and then I'm going to offer four very quick points about it. Zechariah was an Old Testament prophet, warning God's people of their continual mistakes. He was warning them of their proclivity to sin over and over and over again, to rebel against his very clear word. They made the same idolatrous decisions over and over and over again, and as a result, they were banned from God's land. And the warning given to them in chapter 11 was that part of their punishment Part of their punishment, if they continued in their sin, is that God was going to give them a bad shepherd. It's a strange way to think about it, but that's exactly what God says he's going to do. Shepherds were meant to guide people, but in God's judgment, he was going to do the opposite. He would give them shepherds who would lead them away from what was good, away from what was successful. In verse 16, God warns that there would be false shepherds and what they would not do. Meaning, these are to be understood as complete opposite of what a good shepherd will do. Or in the fullness of scripture, these are the opposite actions of Jesus, the good shepherd. John Calvin says about this verse, he says, as Zechariah enumerates, those things which are inconsistent with a good shepherd we may then learn, on the other hand, what is to be the rule of the church of Jesus Christ. Notice these four actions that God warned Old Testament Israel would not be given. Zechariah is foretelling this is what Jesus is going to do. And in these four descriptions, I think you will see your place inside of the home of Jesus Christ, inside of the church. So again, I ask you, where do you find yourself this morning inside of God's church. First, notice that Jesus will find the lost. In the passage we read, the ESV states that those who are being destroyed, or those in your, maybe your translation says those being cut off. Clearly, this is referring to those people who are, quote, in some kind of trouble. Those who are lost are those who have lost their way. Seeking to make sense with their lives and running in the wrong direction of God's promises to them. These are people who are in danger and maybe not even aware that they are in danger. They are looking for something and are not able to find it. They're following the image of a sheep and a shepherd, and yet they're not listening to the voice of the shepherd. Scholars tell us, and you've probably heard this in the past, that sheep are easily confused. They can find themselves out of step in life and can't find their way. They often struggle to enjoy their existence unless or until they finally will obey the voice of the shepherd. So this message, this component of the work of Jesus is to reveal to all those hoping to make sense in this world apart from him, listen to his voice. Listen to the words of the good shepherd today. Those lost sheep are the people who, though they are made in God's image, have not obeyed the Father's words. The sin in your life has blinded you to his care, and you're separated from the Father's love. Hear the great shepherd's words this morning. Jesus said, I came to seek And to save the lost. You see, if you are lost this morning, if you can't find your way in this world, if you're separated from the Father's love, Jesus came for you. He came to take your sin away, He came to make you citizens of His kingdom, He came to bring you into His family, He came to set you free. So perhaps that's where you are this morning. Perhaps you're at church. And you're not even sure why you're here. Perhaps someone brought you and you're asking the question, who even is this Jesus and why should I care? Please know, this Jesus says to you, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. That's why he came. Listen to his voice today. Jesus came for you wherever you are, whatever you have been through, he will make your life whole. You don't have to be lost anymore. You don't have to be cut off. You don't have to be destroyed. You don't have to search, because he has searched for you, and he is life. You can trust the voice of the good shepherd. Secondly, we've seen that Jesus will, will take you from your danger, but now notice the next phrase to be understood as our good shepherd's voice. Notice that Jesus will care for the young, Notice the false shepherd or the selfish shepherd ignores the young. They won't search for the young. I love that this is included in our scripture. The young here to be understood as primarily the children inside of this church. It could be understood as the young in faith, but primarily we're talking about the next generation, the kids, if you will. And Jesus says to you children this morning, let the little children come to me. So kids, if you're still awake listening to this sermon, I hope you will hear this. You have a special place here. I'm not saying that, but Jesus says that. Jesus wants you, Jesus cares for you, and Jesus will seek you. Again, John Calvin says this. These are the sheep who are, quote, tender. Those are the ones who are in need of his special care. They are delicate simply because they have never been shepherded before. I hope you see this morning, especially you young children, the gentleness here of your Savior. Jesus is never too busy for you. Jesus is never too preoccupied for you. Jesus wants you. The false shepherd abandons the sheep. He ignores the sheep. He forgets the sheep. And Jesus says he's always seeking the young. He cares for the children of the church. You need to know here at TCPC and our denomination, all that we believe, we believe in what is called covenant theology, a covenantal view of how God relates to us. Will just taught a wonderful Sunday school message about it. If you weren't here, please, I encourage you to go and listen. Of all that it means, it means this. If you have faith in Jesus Christ, then you are a recipient of the promises that God made to Abraham many, many years ago. In the book of Acts, when someone came to faith in Christ, the entire household was baptized because Scripture says that this promise, the promise made to Abraham years ago, is for you and it's for your children. If Jesus is the Lord of this church, then the children of TCPC are to be sought by all of us. They are to be cared for by all of us. They belong to Christ, so they belong to us. I love the the baptism message that we always have whenever a a child is baptized. We declare that the children belong to the the child's parents and grandparents, but they also belong to you, the church, where they're going to be loved, where they're going to be cared for, they're going to be prayed over. I love our communion blessing that we offer to children. When they come forward, before they have yet professed faith in Christ, we pray over them. I asked Tim Green yesterday if I could share the story about his son, Joshua. Back before COVID, uh, the Greens would typically sit over here on my left, and their son, Joshua, would come, and and I would offer a a blessing over him. I would say what i say to all the kids, something along the lines of, of Joshua. I pray that the Lord will continue to show him more and more and more of his love for you. And Joshua, this was right after New Year's, he looked up at me and pointed and said, and happy new year to you too. I said, well, thank you, Joshua. And then he laughed and I thought that was strange. The next Sunday he came back, Joshua, may the Lord continue to show you more and more of himself. Happy new year to you. And I realized we're... This is now his thing. We do this week after week, all the way into month of March, like it's going to be Happy New Year forever. There was something about that that just stood out to me. Here's a young kid, three or four years old. Here I am, a 50-something-year-old man in a strange black robe, where I'm just reaching out, telling him, Joshua, I hope that you know that the Lord loves you. And in some way, his heart can hear that there's a place for him here. He doesn't really understand what I'm talking about. He just knows that it was New Year's a few days ago, and he wants to talk about that. And he shares it with the pastor. But you see what the Lord is doing? Here in the life of the church, children are being brought up to know that Jesus loves them. With our VBS, with our family fun nights, there is something special about the children's laughter and connecting that to church. Jesus loves them. Why do we work so hard to put all of these programs together? It's because they have a place here. I hope every one of you, if you're a member of this church, I hope you know the names of the children who sit near you in the pews. I hope you can speak to them by their first name, that you'll pray for them, that you'll care for them. You see, if you're lost, Jesus will find you. If you're young, Jesus will seek you. But now thirdly, notice back the third phrase of this passage. Notice that Jesus will help the hurting. And perhaps this is where you find yourself this morning. You see, the false shepherd here doesn't, quote, heal the maim. Rather, he just lets them suffer without hope. He sees their pain and he moves on and doesn't care. So thus what we know is the opposite of the true shepherd, he sees their pain, he stops, he cares, he heals. You see the picture here is that a sheep in the fold is in some kind of hurt and pain. In some way the sheep has been injured. Maybe it's been attacked by a wild animal or maybe some other illness. Maybe even there's a self-induced injury But recognizing that this image is ultimately about people, we can understand this is actually what Jesus says of his followers who are in pain. Anyone amongst us who is hurting, anyone who needs help, you need to know this morning that Jesus has not forgotten you. You see, when sin came into the world all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, from that moment forward, we have lived in a hostile world. And yes, Jesus came and took the punishment for our sin. He gave us his spirit. He began the work of peace coming to earth. But until he returns, the hostilities of this fallen world affect every single one of us. I had a seminary professor who one time said this, and it, it marked me. And he said that behind every face that you will ever preach to, there's some tragedy going on. And I really believe that. In a fallen world, it's true. All of us, whether we realize it or not, long for the day of Revelation 22. And that is when there will no longer be a curse. You know what you want this morning? You want a world where there's no more death. A world where there's no pain. A world where there's no sin. A world where there's no heartbreak. A world where there's no more hurt. Don't we long for that? Until Jesus returns, we are going to have physical, mental, emotional pain. We will have doubts of every kind imaginable. We will wrestle with the providences of God, especially those that are hard. We will have family issues that are too numerous to count. Inside of our church this morning, you need to know we have people who are in grave physical pain. We have those with severe broken hearts. And here's what Jesus says to you this morning. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He will not look at your pain and ignore you. He will not turn his eyes off of you. He says to you, inside of my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I have gone to prepare a place for you? Your great shepherd this morning will not abandon you. He hears your cries this morning, and ultimately your cries will be answered. So in your pain, in your hurt, in your suffering, in your depression, Jesus has not forgotten you. He's with you. The elders and deacons and pastors of this church are here for you as his under-shepherds. So understand this this morning. Your hope in Christ is real. You can trust him. Listen to his voice today. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. You can trust him. Let this community be your home. Let us pray for you. Let us listen to you. Let us help you. In some way, let us serve you. That's what Jesus' body is about. So Jesus will find the lost. Jesus will care for the young. Ultimately, Jesus will heal the hurting. And then lastly, notice this last phrase. Jesus will feed the healthy. He'll feed the healthy. This is often left out, and I love this picture. The selfish shepherd, the one in Zechariah, the one that is coming to curse God's people, will not provide nourishment to the flock Why? Because he doesn't care about them. But notice Jesus does the exact opposite. Who are the healthy this morning? Who are the healthy inside of the flock? Maybe this is you today. Here's who I think the healthy are. I think they are those who live by faith in Jesus day after day, year after year, decade after decade. I think they are ordinary followers of Jesus who choose to believe that he is good, that his word is true, that his word is real. I believe these are the people who live by faith in the promises of God, year after year, trusting that the outcome of their lives is in the Lord's hands. They pray for his kingdom to come and his will to be done, and they trust that he is doing that. The healthy Amoxus don't have everything figured out, but they know that Jesus does, and they are trusting him. They can say with the psalmist, I have been young, and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, or their children begging bread? They can sing with their brothers and sisters, Great is thy faithfulness, because they have seen his grace in their life. And what does Jesus say to you, the healthy, today? You know what he says. He says, This is my body. Take and eat. You know what healthy people need? They need nourishment. Do you know what runners need? They need carbohydrates. Do you know what weightlifters need? They need protein. Andrew Witherington on the Tates Creek High School football team, I saw videos of him this week lifting weights. You know what he does after he lifts weights? I guarantee it. He eats. I bet he eats a lot. Why? Because he's healthy and he's growing. You know what Christians do? They feast upon Jesus. That's what we do. If you're trusting in Jesus, you need him. And he has provided for you his word, his fellowship, his prayer, his worship. You're feeding on him right now. I can think of no better way of concluding the sermon than to recognize that we are in just a moment going to come to his table where, in fact, we will feast with him. Please see this morning, wherever you find yourself in this community, Jesus has a place for you. This is our home. Jesus has found us. Jesus grows us. Jesus heals us. Jesus feeds us. Do you believe him? I'll simply end with this. If Jesus rose from the dead, then he is true. This is his body. This is where we belong. This is our home. Let's prepare our hearts now to come and feast around this banquet table. Let me pray, and then we will serve communion. Father, we thank you afresh this morning for your church. We thank you, Jesus, that you are our shepherd. We thank you that in your love for us, you have provided all that we need And Lord, on this day, we remember that you are our king and that we have a place here. Oh God, may your people hear your voice today. And may we all know you are good, that you love us, that you shepherd us in the way in which we need. We thank you now in Christ's name. Amen.